Welcome to the Bridge to God's Word podcast with Carla Unseth, a linguistic consultant for missionaries working in Bible translation. We invite you to visit us at www.bridgetogodsword.org to learn more about Carla's ministry. Now, here's linguistic consultant Carla Unseth. Hi, and welcome to Building a Bridge to God's Word. This is Carla Unseth, and thank you for joining us today. Well, if you have been following along with this podcast, you know that today is a special day, a long-anticipated day, because we are looking at the final step in our Bridge Bible Study Method. So if you remember, several months ago, I introduced a Bible study method, and it's really a pretty common method, but I've been calling it the Bridge Bible Study. And um, it's just a way that you can apply Bible study to your own personal life. I think that as people who have the Bible, we really need to take advantage of that. We need to study and pour into learning and growing our relationship with God through using the Bible that we have. So I introduced this bridge Bible study method, and then we've been actually applying it by studying Mark 1, 21 through 28. So just to give you a little bit of a refresher on what this Bible study method is, I'm calling it a bridge because it's kind of like um, you have the Bible and then you have our time, and there's this river between the two of us of cultural distance and time distance that sometimes makes it hard to understand. So what we want to do is cross over that river. So in order to do that, we start on the far bank of the river, on their side of the river. And this is where we observe the text. You look at the text, you try to figure out um, what it says and, and what it meant to the original readers. Then once you have a good idea of what they would have understood, you can start building a bridge or crossing over the bridge, um, crossing over that river of meaning, and start looking at interpretation. Figure out what the passage means, what are the overarching principles that can apply not only to their time, but across time and across cultures. So once you have figured that out, once you understand those overarching principles, you can step off the bridge into our time and our culture and see how the principles that are in this passage can apply to us today, apply to our culture, and then also apply to our lives personally. So it is that step that we are at today. We looked at observation, what the text means. We looked at interpretation, getting those overarching principles. And then today we are going to move on to looking at how it applies to our lives and our cultures. So I'm going to reread Mark 1, 21 through 28 for you just to refresh your memory. And then we can talk about the things that we learned in the observation and interpretation phase. So here's Mark 1, 21 through 28. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this, a new teaching and with authority? 
He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. So first we looked at the observation phase. We looked at their side of the bridge, what it meant to the original readers in the original culture. And we came up with a statement that said, Jesus, the Holy One of God, has authority over impure spirits. And along with that statement, we kind of had three questions that we've been looking at and asking. And those questions are, what does it mean for Jesus to have authority that's different than the teachers of the law? And what, what is this about impure spirits or demon possession? What did that look like in Jewish culture? And then also, what does it mean for Jesus to be the Holy One of God? So when we moved on into interpretation, we looked at those. And our overarching principles then kind of relate to those. So Jesus has authority from God, which is different from the religious leaders of the day. And there is a spirit world. We, we took, looked at that, talked about that a little bit. And kind of the overarching principle really is that Jesus has authority over the spirit world. And then we also looked at the Holy One of God and saw that it means that Jesus has a special relationship with God. And we didn't talk about this a whole lot, but really it means that Jesus is God. So we have the overarching principles that Jesus has authority from God. He has a special relationship with God and that authority is over the spirit world. So let's think about American culture in relationship to these three points. First, if we look at the question of authority, it seems like in American culture today, a lot of people are questioning authority. There's a lot of things that used to be just automatic accepted authorities, things like the government, things like doctors and medical professionals, and of course, religion and Jesus used to be sort of this basis to our society that everyone accepted, but that's just not true anymore. So as Christians, when we're thinking about this, we need to recognize this natural tendency toward distrust of authority. And to some extent, we need to overcome that and we need to submit to Christ based on his authority from God. And this doesn't mean that we should never question things, that we should never seek to find answers in our faith, but it means that when we do question things, we start at a different place. We start with the understanding that God is the ultimate source of truth and the ultimate authority and that as we look for answers, we may not understand everything, but we still trust him as our authority. So then if we think about bringing the gospel to people, again, we need to be prepared for some degree of skepticism. We need to be prepared for the fact that people won't automatically accept Jesus as an authority. And we need to allow questions and open and honest discussion with people. But when we're having this discussion, we first of all need to make sure that we're not afraid if we don't have all the answers because we know that God does have them and he'll reveal them in the right time. And then also we need to make sure that we don't concede on this point, that if we're having discussion with people, that we stay firm on the point that Jesus and, and God are the highest authority. And when other people bring something else up and say, um, you know, maybe science is the highest authority or something like that, we need to continually come back to this as Jesus or God is the highest authority. And we just don't concede on that point. Now, this kind of relates to the question of Jesus being the Holy One of God. 
which we said means he has a special relationship with God. And we didn't talk a whole lot about this. And of course, there's a whole lot more we could have talked about in all of the passage. But we know from theological study that Jesus is one with God. So this special relationship means that he actually is God. And this is the concept of the Trinity. You have God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and they're three in one. They're all three persons of one God. And so in our culture, if people have a hard time accepting authority, they're probably also going to have a hard time accepting the fact that that Jesus is God. So as Christians, we need to know that Jesus is God. We need to understand what that means, what that concept means. And then we also need to teach people this as we bring the gospel. Jesus isn't a lesser God or a messenger sent from God or a good person or a prophet, but he is God himself. And so we respect him and we submit to him as such. We need to understand that special relationship between God and Jesus. And that's part of the authority that Jesus has, and therefore we submit to him on that basis. So the last point then to consider is this idea of the spirit world and Jesus's authority over the spiritual world. And when we think about American culture, American culture really doesn't actually believe in the spiritual world really at all. Most Americans are pure naturalists, which means that they believe everything has a natural cause and there's really no spiritual cause for anything. And as Christians, it's really easy to fall into this as well and kind of have sort of a divided worldview where we say, yes, there is a spiritual world, but it doesn't really touch the natural world at all. They don't really mix. So I think as Christians, as we apply this to our lives, we really need to understand that we need to recognize the spiritual world and we need to recognize how the spiritual world plays a role in the natural world. And then further than that, we need to understand that Jesus has authority over that spiritual world. So we don't need to be afraid of the spiritual world because Jesus has authority there. It's unknown, which makes it a little bit, I think that's why it's easy to separate the two of them because it's unknown. It's a little bit scary, but we need to recognize that it's there and we need to recognize that Jesus has authority there. So we don't need to be afraid. And actually one way of talking about this is calling it spiritual warfare and understanding that there is a spiritual battle and spiritual warfare is really something that God has sort of put into my life a lot lately. I've been learning a lot about it. So I've also been writing some blog posts because I want to share some of the things that I've been learning. So if you're interested in learning more about spiritual warfare and more about the spirit world and how it affects the natural world, I'd love to have you read those blogs. You can, they're on my website, which is www.bridgetogodsword.org, and then you can click on blog. And also feel free to contact me if you want to know more about spiritual warfare, or about the spirit world, and how it affects us. So I'd love to talk with you more on that if that's something that you have a question about. So this leads into the last step, which is applying this to your own life. Not only should you look at how the Bible relates to our culture, but you really need to also think personally, how does this apply to my own life? And then take action steps. This is how we actually learn and grow from the Bible, is not just reading it, but looking at the principles, applying it to our lives, and then putting it into action. 
So it's personal, so I don't know exactly what you're going to be dealing with in your own life, but you can ask some questions like thinking about the authority of Jesus. Is there an area of your life where you have been resisting his authority? And can you identify that area and then what action step would it take to submit that area to him? Or, I mean, maybe at even a more fundamental level, you need to think about what do you actually believe about Jesus? Do you believe he is the Holy One of God? Do you believe he is God? And um, if yes, that's great. If no, you know what, you need to make a decision. You need to take an action step and say, do I believe this about Jesus? Do I really, if I really believe he's the Holy One of God, can I really submit my life to him? Or thinking about the spiritual world, and this is, I think, where I've been doing a lot of learning, is what do you believe about Jesus' authority in the spiritual world? Do you believe there is a spiritual world? And what are you going to do about it? <laughs> so, um, like I said, I'd love for to connect with you if you are interested in learning more about the spiritual world and the spiritual battle. Um, that is, that's an area that I've really been learning more about. So I hope you have enjoyed this series and the Bridge Bible Study Method and that you can apply it to your own Bible study and that it's something really, really helpful for you as you study the Bible. Um, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to contact me at www.bridgetogodsword.org. And then I hope you'll join us again next time, too. I think we'll, our next series will be a little bit of the history of the Bible as, as it's been translated through the years, how we got the Bible that we have today. Thank you for joining us, and I hope you'll join us again next time on Building a Bridge to God's Word.